let's be honest, how many of us have started a gym membership, hit day one with 110% and then before we know it, there are more excuses for not being able to go to the gym than times you've actually been. Well, the same thing happens every single day at work, even more so in marketing, where we're often pulled between other departments, between sales, product, tech, creative. It's very easy to get distracted or pulled in another direction at the cost of maintaining momentum on what it is that we want to achieve. Hello, everyone. Get ready to dive into the world of marketing and business strategies with an episode that will blow your mind. Our guest today is the renowned marketing and CRO expert, Lee Bradshaw. He's here to share some wonderful insights on how you can improve your business processes with the Kaizen philosophy. This episode was originally a webinar and we've transformed it into a captivating video podcast. You'll get to see Lee in action as he refers to a presentation, giving you a front row seat to an exclusive masterclass. Also, if you don't want to miss out on a single episode of VWO podcast, make sure to hit that follow button and stay up to date with our wonderful content. So without any further delay, let's get right into it and learn more about the benefits of the Kaizen philosophy. For me, Kaizen has always been one of those words that it's been used for as long as I can remember. It's something that's always made sense philosophically, but has never really clicked until I started practicing it at, practicing it at home. Eventually applying it to work and in particular website optimization um, for both search and uh, conversion. So over the course of the next 40 minutes or so, um, I'm going to talk about Kaizen and how it can be applied to marketing, especially optimization, and most importantly, explain how constant small improvements and progress can very quickly add up to big step changes. So uh, the first problem is where do we start? And this is not just with this presentation, um, but with any aspect of marketing, any aspect of work or life in general. Listen, we've all been there where we want to over-deliver blow the socks up is we often have things we want to achieve but often find it difficult to get going and then once we do get going how do we make it sustainable and scalable uh, let's be honest how many of us have started a gym membership hit day one with 110 percent and then before we know it there are more excuses for not being able to go to the gym than times you've actually been well the same thing happens every single day at work even more so in marketing where we're often pulled between other departments between sales, product, tech, creative, it's very easy to get distracted or pulled in another direction at the cost of maintaining momentum on what it is that we want to achieve. And the key phrase here really is maintaining momentum. It's a pain point that I'm sure most of us can relate to. How many times have you had to rush a job or cut corners to deliver? How many times have you ever said to yourself, you know what, that's close enough, or well, you know, I tried and drawing a line under that task. How many times have you ever hit a brick wall and struggled to find the motivation to keep going? You know, all of these things, for me, Kaizen has been the solution to overcoming, not just the habit, but the mindset as well, mentally, physically, and professionally. So what is Kaizen? Well, Kai means change, and Zen means good. Change for good. It can also be interpreted as change for the better or permanent change. Kaizen is really based on the belief that everything can be improved, or to me more succinctly, it's, it's a mindset of continuous improvement, which, you know, I'm sure is something we're all trying to do every day, whether in our work or our personal life. So Kaizen was really practiced in Japan following the end of World War II. It was developed as, as a way to improve manufacturing processes. 
And it's one of the core elements that has led to the success of Japanese manufacturing over the last 75 years or so. Toyota are a flagship example of how Kaizen has led to improved quality and a reduction in cost when it comes to production. Their unique take on the philosophy is often referred to as the Toyota way. There are a lot of case studies and examples out there, and I would heavily encourage you to take a look at some of them after this. Kaizen is ultimately a philosophy that supports continuous incremental changes that support a high level of efficiency. Used well, Kaizen can reveal what big impacts small changes can have over time. Much of the focus of Kaizen is on reducing waste, similarly to the goal of lean. I'm sure some of you will have come across lean management. These may sound like obvious areas of waste, but again, I'm sure we've all been subject to at least a handful of them. Some are more avoidable than others, but once you become aware and you're able to keep them in mind, you can work on reducing waste and be more productive and effective. Some of the items, some of the areas of waste have identified here are you know, movement. So that could be in the movement of materials, conversations, or goals. That's mental movement as well, procrastination and distractions. How many times have you ever been halfway through a task only for it to be distracted and for it to drop? You know, in the words of Ron Swanson, never half-ass two things when you can whole last one. And by this, I mean, how much time have you spent trying to juggle two or three tasks simultaneously instead of just tackling one after another? The human brain it has a built-in limit on the number of thoughts it can entertain at any one time. That limit for most individuals is between two and four. Time is another area of waste. That's time spent waiting or time where no value is being added to your tasks. Over the course of a single day, how much time do you spend simply waiting? You know, that, that's waiting for meetings to start or, or even waiting for others to input or to complete tasks that are blockers for you. Worst yet, on average, office workers are interrupted every 11 minutes and it can take up to 25 minutes to get back on track. This is something that, again, I'm sure we're all experiencing in our day to day. Defects are another area of waste. These are problems which are caused further down the line. This is you know, redoing work due to poor or finished out, sorry, due to poor or rushed finishings, briefs that are misunderstood or key decisions which are yet to be made. Overprocessing can again be another easy area of waste, and that's doing more than is necessary to complete a task. That could be spending too much time in overdelivering. Whilst having a hypothesis is important for your conversion rate optimization. It doesn't always have to be an essay. Similarly, when it comes to reporting and analyzing tests, a single sentence should surmise your findings before allowing you to move on to the next task. There's a term that, that you've come across and I'm sure you've heard before, analysis paralysis. It is real and it can very quickly become overwhelming and often kills creativity. Variations in the final area of waste that have been identified, and this is creating multiple, often bespoke solutions where one off-the-shelf solution will work just as well. Producing a new report for one group of stakeholders when an existing report could be edited to serve the same purpose. Creating new documents when you can set up and use a standardized template. Or creating multivariate tests when an AB will do. Trying to squeeze too many changes into a single test. Sometimes less is more. 
minimum viable testing can be more effective than attempting large changes. So what does any of this mean for marketing and optimization? Well, aside from the handful of examples I've just mentioned, once you're aware of potential areas of waste, you can start to be more effective in how you manage your time and tasks, in turn, improving your optimization efforts, whether that's in search or conversion. There are a few different applications of Kaizen in the workplace. The details may change, but the overall theme is always the same. And that is one of continuous improvement. The easiest way to apply Kaizen to any aspect of work or life is to first understand the 5S model. So 5S is a problem-solving framework. It calls for a specific mindset and discipline. It involves observing, analyzing, collaborating, and searching for waste. It involves the practice of removing that waste to create efficiencies of value. 5S, sorry, the 5S is stamped for the five steps of the methodology that sort, set in order, shine, standardize, and sustain. These steps involve going through everything in a space, deciding what's necessary and what isn't. Put things in order, cleaning, and setting up procedures and performing these tasks on a regular basis. When there's a plan for making 5S an ongoing effort, not just a one-time event, it becomes even easier to sustain over time. Sort is the first step, and that is removing distractions. The easiest way to look at this is when in doubt, move it out. Set in order is the second step. And this is where we think about what we want to achieve. We set realistic goals and we prioritize around them. The shine stage is when we clean everything inside and out. If something is broken, we fix it. Standardize is the fourth step. And this really is coming down to building habits. Is there anything we need to change in the processes to ensure it is sustainable? Which ultimately then leads to step five, which is sustain. And this is a never ending process. This is following the previous four steps on a daily basis. And by following these five steps every day, no matter how small the change is, you'll have plenty of opportunities to reflect and celebrate your successes regularly. For Kaizen to work, you really need to buy into it and be willing to learn and participate and continually try new things. It can be very easy to fall into, well, well this is how we've always done it, mindset and culture. And the biggest threat to Kaizen is complacency. It's easy to become complacent and distracted. So swords, this is the first step. And as I mentioned, this is where we come to remove distractions. When it comes to sorting, it can be difficult to determine what is worth keeping and what should discard. Everybody is different when it comes to distractions. What is annoying for one person can be motivating to another. Always have this in mind and think about some of the distractions you may come across, not just as a marketer, but as a user of websites too. What do I mean by sort? Well, if you've got an untidy desk, then tidy it. If you're in a noisy working environment, find a quiet space or invest in a set of headphones. Sort can mean different things to different people, and you should always sort based on your actual requirements, not what you think you should sort. Just because something has value, such as a tool or a skill set, it doesn't necessarily make it valuable to the task at hand. If you have web pages with no valuable traffic, archive and redirect them. 
or dust them off and update the content with relevant with relevant or new fresh content. Old products or past event pages, archive and redirect them. If you have pixels or tracking code for old campaigns, again, remove them, improve your load times and user experience. These are all examples of waste. By having a clean plate, so to speak, it makes it easier to spot areas for optimization as well as developing hypotheses for tests or actions to improve your website. The same process can be applied to your user journeys too. Removing distractions and opportunities for users to deviate can often improve conversion rates. The same applies to messaging and communicating your USPs. Go back to marketing 101. Who is our audience and what are we trying to tell them? Users are prone to information overload and switch off quickly instead of engaging. Stick to your key message and avoid deviations. I've got some marketing metrics shown here. I hope many of them, sorry, I find many of them a distraction. How do we really know what's going, what we're doing is working as increased quantity doesn't always mean an increase in quality, especially when it comes to lead generation. So by removing the distraction of vanity measures as, in, as um, output on metrics of success, you can often find it easier to focus on and deliver value from optimization efforts. I'd encourage you to take a look at your own KPIs and determine which, if any of them are distractions, which are preventing you from really accelerating your website performance. When it comes to setting order, really, this is the first, this is the first step where we get going. And um, so this is often referred to as, um, sorry, let me start that again. Um, um, setting order. So what do I mean by setting order? Sorry. That means having the right tools to hand and without the right tools, how can you complete a task properly? In the Toyota way, the example I, I used earlier, um, and in particular manufacturing tools are most likely physically physical and should always be at hand to the operator. For marketers tools could be skills or other resources such as applications like BWO, Google analytics, SEMrush or, or SEO. Avoiding movement and time wastage is key here. Having everything to hand also stops distractions. So are you able to set up, execute and report all from a single tool? All in one platforms like BWO, HubSpot or Ahrefs can be incredibly effective in preventing distractions and jumping between tools. Alternatively, it could be as simple as ensuring all of your reports are wrote from the same platform at the same time every day, week or month creating a single source of truth to ensure you're always using comparable data when making decisions. Have enough time budgeted for the activity too. Remove time as a pressure where possible. And this leads you as this leads you open to defects and even more wastage. You should also document and create a standard operating procedure and label everything where possible. This will be useful later, so don't overprocess this. It's a very fine balance and the scales will tip differently. Uh, depending on the activity you're documenting. With set in order, it can be easy to get caught up in preparing to set in order. So this step I'll often refer to as set in motion. Just get going and fail fast if required. When it comes to shine, this is where we again, we start to clean everything inside and out. Is something broken? We fix it. So what do I mean by shine? 
Well, you do the best job you can. You be proactive and you keep to a schedule where you can. This could be a weekly site health audit, monthly testing plans, or quarterly content updates. Hold yourself to account on the standard of shine too. This is where movement and defects wastage can really impact performance. Are your tests reaching statistical significance before being called, for example? Similarly, are you doing enough keyterm research before writing new or updating existing content? You should also remember to hold your colleagues to account on the standard of their shine too. And remember, it doesn't have to be perfect, but an improvement on the last time. The example I've shown here is of the Ahrefs tools. I have it set up to run the same audit every week on the same day. This ensures I have a consistent view on the errors and warnings my sites may be encountering. My dev team also know to expect tasks to come in at the same time every week. And in turn, they're able to schedule fixes accordingly. This maintains a very high standard, not just on site, but with internal deliverables too. Regular and consistent maintenance prevents lapses and identifies issues before they become problems. It keeps momentum moving forwards. If you're able to be proactive and fix an issue on site as soon as it's discovered, it may be the difference between a user converting or not, or even more ambiently, a positive user experience, giving that user reason to return later on. How many times have you yourself ever been frustrated with a website and simply gave up? going back to Google and clicking the next link down. If you've done it yourself, you can be sure your visitors and potential customers have done the same too. Standardization is the next step. And by standardization, what I really mean is best practice. You need to have a standard and consistent approach to the previous steps. Methodology for sorting needs to be standardized. The approach to set in order, standardized. Shine especially needs to be standardized. Standardization ensures consistency, which makes habits easier to fall. To fall. By not attempting to standardize, it can lead right back to wastage and your output becoming sloppy over time, losing momentum, efficiency, and of course, as I said, that key driver of continual improvement. The easiest way to standardize is to document and create SOPs. Remember that from the set and order stage. Well, keeping documentation is probably the easiest way to learn what does or doesn't work. It also makes it easier for others to pick up if you're not available or for onboarding new colleagues. They're not forming bad habits from the start. By standardizing your processes and routines, you can also identify areas for improvement. Whether that's in your testing methodology, design or execution, the right way, sorry, the right way across to the way you communicate, collaborate, and work with others in your team, department, or organization. Just like if you were to drop a pebble into a pool of water, standardization is a best practice that can have a ripple effect across your entire organization. Once we reach the sustained stage, this is where we're, this is where we really, really Kaizen comes into its own. So when we're required to do something new, it's not always an automatic habit. It takes time to form these long-standing habits. I'm sure you've heard the anecdotes about a new habit and that it takes usually on average about two months to be fully formed. 
quick Google search will tell you 66 days is to be exact. And a routine can take as much as 254 days until it becomes second nature. The ultimate goal here is developing practices that are efficient, effective, and sustainable. So we take all of the previous steps of the 5S model and we transform them into ongoing habits to ensure continuous improvement. And then we start the whole process all over again from step one. This, this is Kaizen. Once something is a habit, it becomes easier and more effective, not just to us as marketers, but for your wider organization, for your home and personal life too. The five S's can be applied to anything from website optimization, right the way through to personal goals and ambitions. So I'm sure some of you are asking, how do we start being more Kaizen? Well, there's going kind to of five sort of top tips here, and this is certainly the way that I like to look at it. First one, keep an ideas journal. So a saying that has always stuck with me is the great lie we have to tell ourselves is I don't need to write that down. I'll remember it. Yeah. You know, the one. Keep a log or a notepad to hand for jotting ideas down throughout your day. Um, this could be a list of things that seem inefficient or that you'd like to improve. Good examples or ideas from other websites or tools you'd like to try. It's often easier to spot and record these things in the heat of the moment than it is trying to remember them later in the day or even later that week. Review regularly. So once a month or a quarter, at least regularly. Spend some time identifying areas where, where you have waste in the way that you or your team members work. Use your ideas log as input and think about the wider picture, your overall way of working. Go through each of the types of waste I talked about at the beginning of this session and use them as a checklist. Always be asking yourself, how could each form of waste be eliminated from your current processes? Third tip I'd give you is stick to a plan. Plan out when you're going to make changes, as you'll always need to strike a balance between getting on with the job and making the improvements and avoiding a change overload. And this could be as simple as having a minimum viable testing model or itemizing the elements of a test and running them sequentially. The fourth one here is having others in mind, and it's important to take into account any difficulties or confusion that your changes could cause for others, especially where processes being changed or new tools are being introduced. Not everybody will like change or will even agree with the changes you propose to make, which will only cause more problems and inefficiencies further down the line, resulting in even more waste. The fifth piece here, communication. It seems silly, but whenever upcoming changes affect others, be sure to consult them about the new arrangements and, and listen to their comments or concerns. They may have their own ideas or thoughts on area of waste or worse yet, by optimizing your own work, you're introducing inefficiencies to theirs. Always, always keep these things in the open conversation and keep key stakeholders up to date with what you were doing. Now, I want to share one of the biggest changes that I've made to the way we do CRO here at Zuru Media, and that is by introducing an agile approach to our conversion rate optimization. 
Agile is a development model uh, predominantly used with software and web development teams, and it aligns really well with Kaizen as both focus on iterative changes and constant forward momentum. I identified wastage in the way that we were running tests. They were sporadic and often being paused and restarted when new testing ideas were prioritized or deemed more important. This approach has allowed me to develop a robust backlog of ideas, which are then fed into a testing plan and launched in sprints. These are essentially two week periods where multiple tests are hypothesized, sorry, uh, designed, built, launched, and evaluated simultaneously across multiple domains. You may be able to adapt a similar model to work on a single domain where you're running multiple tests across different landing pages or user journeys. Uh, using this model, I've been able to scale our testing output from a single test up to eight sim simultaneous tests a month, as well as reduce the turnaround time from our design and development teams. I've also been able to increase the cadence of testing and ultimately accelerate our conversion rate optimization across client sites. And here as well, Kaizen when it comes to SEO. As I previously mentioned, it can take a number of iterations, working with development teams, design teams, in order to improve auditing and reporting processes. So the sharp uplift you can see here in organic traffic on the orange line uh, was around January of this year. And it was as a direct result of implementing Kaizen or removing waste from our SEO efforts. The domain was dormant for a very long time with thin content. It had no domain or page authority. And for this client, technical SEO was the first priority, ensuring sitemaps were accurate and getting Google Search Console set up. We then addressed site speed and mobile user experience. Keto research and on-page SEO was next. There were quite a few quick wins in updating metas and page titles. Again, all of these tested in iterations. Optimizing schema was the real game changer for this site, which is where you can see the traffic really jump. So if you ever feel your optimization isn't getting the results you want, just keep at it. As I stated right back at the beginning, Kaizen is about continuous incremental change. And I'm going to repeat that. It is continuous incremental change. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be an improvement on the last version. So I really would encourage you to, to give it a go yourself. And you may be surprised at the impact small changes can make. Thank you, Lee, for these wonderful insights about the benefits of Kaizen philosophy. And thank you, folks, for sticking with us throughout this episode. Now, it's your turn to take action. Implement these game-changing strategies and let us know what impact it had on your business. Also, share this episode with anyone who could benefit from these insights and don't forget to check out the other fascinating conversations that we've had with industry experts. Before you go, make sure to hit that follow button so that you don't miss a single episode of VWO Podcast. That's a wrap from our side. Until next time, goodbye, take care, and always be testing.